This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay, let's pray. Father, we do look to you now that you would open our hearts so that we can hear your voice speaking so clearly to us, Lord. Speak now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so here we are. So please turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy. Now, this passage, Deuteronomy 25.5, Deuteronomy 25.5. Now, as you're turning here to, to Deuteronomy 25.5, this the, the passage that we're gonna look at now it's just one of those passages where your first response when you read this is, oh, that was a custom for, for old times, but it has nothing to do with us today. Like not eating pork has nothing to do with us today. That's for sure. I'll say amen to that. But, <laughs> but that does not mean that we cannot learn truths, wonderful truths about God and the gospel from these passages and so we're turning to one of those, we got one of these, these, these customs here in our view when we're gonna study about the custom of the, the marrying of the widow. And this is in Deuteronomy 25.5. So please follow along here as I read this, Deuteronomy 25.5, these verses, till 10. If brethren dwell together and one of them die and have no wife, the wife of the dead shall not marry without unto a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go in unto her and take her to him to wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother unto her. And it shall be that the firstborn which she beareth, which shall succeed in the name of his brother, which is dead, that his name be not put out of Israel. And if the man like not to take his brother's wife, then let his brother's wife go to the gate unto the elders and say, my brother's husband refuseth to, to raise up unto his brother a name in Israel, and he will not perform the duty of my, uh, of my husband's brother. Then the elders of the city shall call him and speak unto him, and if he stand to it 
and say, I like not to take her, then shall his brother's wife come unto him in the presence of the elders and loose his shoe from off his foot and spit in his face and shall answer and say, so shall it be done unto the man that will not build up his brother's house. And his name shall be called in Israel the house of him that hath his, lo- his shoe loosed. Now, here was a law that God laid down for Israel over what should happen when a man dies childless. And we're told that the widow here, in this case, is not free to remarry who she wants to remarry, but the husband's brother or the nearest of kin should marry her. And what captures our attention is, 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 is there are two parts that are described in this marriage. And first, there is the act of marriage, the physical coming together, which is described in Deuteronomy 25, 5, in verse 5, when it says, her husband's brother shall go in unto her. But then there's a further command, a further command given to the man where it says in that verse 5, and take her to him to wife. The man is to go beyond the physical coming together and take her to him to wife. What does that mean? to take her to him to what? That's a beautiful description of deep love, of deep love. To take someone to you is is you don't push them away. It means you don't put a hand in their chest when they're trying to get close to you. To take her to him means for him to take her into the inner sanctum of his private life. It's like the tabernacle. You know, the tabernacle, which we have the model of over here, this could really be viewed as, as very obvious when you look at it, is three sections, three parts. But really, if you count the outside beyond the curtains, beyond the wall there, there's really four parts of the tabernacle. There is the outside of the tabernacle, which can be seen symbolically as representing a place where we meet people in the world. We meet acquaintances, we meet a, oh, hello, how are you? Here's the guy who's delivering something, here's the UPS guy, hello. People at work, for example, friends at work. That could be considered as symbolic for the outside of the tabernacle. Then there's the outer court of the tabernacle, and that can be seen or represented in a place where our close friends are, where we have our close friends, we have our close family. It's not just anyone in the world. They've entered in inside of this wall, and that's a place where we we interact and have relationships with our friends, our close friends, and our close family members. But then there is this other place in the tabernacle called the holy place, the holy place. That can be, that's a special place. That's a place where we can symbolically look at is that's a place where only you and your spouse meet in that place. That's a reserved place where a man, like we're seeing here in, in verse five, takes his wife to him, takes his wife to him, to wife. Just as the holy place was special, it's a special place for a man where only he and his wife meet together. If a man has a closer relationship with another person other than his wife, that is wrong. And he needs to do what it says in Deuteronomy 25, 5, verse 5 here. Take only her to him. He, he needs to take only her into this inner sanctum of his life, symbolized by the holy place 
in the tabernacle. And if a woman has a closer relationship with any other person other than her husband, that's wrong. And she needs to do what it says in verse five here, take only him to her, which means that she takes him into this inner sanctum of her life, symbolized by this holy place in the tabernacle. This is what verse five is meaning here when it says, take her to him. He shares with her his feelings, his thoughts. He shares with her what he's been thinking about. He asks her to pray for him because he values her prayers because of what it says in 1 Peter 3, 7. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, likewise ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. For a man to obey, verse five here, take her to him, means that he sees that God has made, made he and his wife heirs together of the grace of life. That's how God has set it up. For a man to take her to him means that he makes himself vulnerable to her where she can hurt him. But he takes her to him even if he gets hurt because he wants to obey God. And when she takes she takes him to her, that means that she makes herself vulnerable and she can get hurt. But she takes him to her even if, even if she gets hurt because she wants to obey God. And you know, many marriages today, they break up tragically because they're only built on the first part of verse five here, the going unto her part. They're only built on a physical relationship. They're not built on this, 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 this second soul intimate part of take her to him. And they break up because they have not brought each other into the inner chamber of their lives like the holy place in the tabernacle, and they're not soul intimate with each other. And, and although not Christians, I saw this a lot in Japan. In the, in the, in the, in the families that the, the businessmen got to meet and so forth and just getting to in, involved in their lives, this is very common. No soul intimacy at all. And, 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 but this is what it means in verse five when it says, take her to him. And this is what it means for him to really love her, to bring her into his inner sanctum of the holy place in his life. Verse five, take her to him to wife is not a matter of feelings. It's a command to love. It's not a feeling to enjoy. It's a command to obey. Take her to him to wife is the same as Ephesians 5.25. Ephesians 5.25, which says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. It's the same command as in Colossians 3.19. Colossians 3.19, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Husbands, love your wives. That's a command to obey. And that command is not, in that command, it's not possible to fall out of love with his, for a man to fall out of love with his wife any more than it's possible for a person to fall out of love with the Lord. I mean, we're commanded to love the Lord in, the, in, the, in Deuteronomy 6.5. In Deuteronomy 6.5, when it says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And, the, and, and in that inner place there, there's no more, there's, there's only one room. There's only one more room there in the tabernacle, and, 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 and that is 
the holy of holies, where the ark is. And in the tabernacle, the holy of holies was the place where God met with man. God did not meet with men in the holy of holies. God met with one man in the holy of holies. In this particular case, it happened to be the great, great, the high priest, the high priest. But each of us must have a holy of holies in our lives. That's a place where we meet with God. And no one comes into that room except God and you, just like the song says on the Jericho Road. <laughs> There's room for just two, no more, no less, just Jesus and you. That's it. The holy of holies in your life is like the Jericho Road. There's room for just two. There's no more and no less, just Jesus and you. No one comes into that holy of holies in your life except you and God. And your spouse does not enter into that room with you. You are there alone with God. You know, God called Abraham and Sarah, and it was very important to God that that, that unity that God had joined together be not be put asunder, not by a Hagar or, or anyone else or an Egyptian pharaoh. And that was a unity for God, an echad unity. But God called, because God called Abraham and, and, and Sarah, but only Abraham went into his holy of holies with God alone. And when God told Abraham to go and sacrifice his son Isaac, God only told that to Abraham in Abraham's holy of holies. God did not tell Sarah that, and, and, and Abraham did not share that with Sarah. It was a good thing, otherwise we would have had a sacrifice of Abraham instead of a sacrifice of Isaac. But, but, but that was a message that came to Abraham in his own private holy of holies where just he and God met alone. And it's absolutely vital. It's absolutely vital that each one of us guard the privacy of our holy of holies place. And don't bring anyone else in there because the Lord's a jealous God, as he says in Exodus 20, verse 5. Exodus 20, verse 5. I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. You don't want to go into that place and have God say to you, well, who's she? Who's he? It's, it's fine. It's fine to have a time of Bible reading and devotions together between a man and a wife. That's, a, that's like a couple meeting together in the holy place to come to God together. But that should never, never take the place of the man and of his wife having their own individual private devotions with God alone in their own individual inner holy of holies place. Each person needs to go into their own inner holy of holy, holies alone with God. Just as, there, just as in the tabernacle, there was never another person who went into the holy of holies to meet with God. Only one person, and God met that person in the holy of holies in the tabernacle. So what we see in verse five here is this is a law of love. This is a law of love, which is the first point. The first point about this law is that it's a law of love where the man was commanded to love her, to take him, take her to him, to wife, and that in the most intimate human uh, uh, relationship on earth. Now, the next point that we see about this law in verse five is where it says he should perform the duty of a husband's brother unto her. The duty of a bro- husband's brother. This is, a, this, is a, this is the title. He says, you are the husband's brother. You know, it's an honor to have the position of a brother. I mean, that's something that I never knew. 
because I was an only child. When, as soon as my parents had me, they said that was a bad idea, no more. But, <laughs> but I do have a half-brother, Bob Cohen. And, and Bob and I have the same mother. We don't have the same father, very much like the, the 12 tribes of Israel. Very few of them had the same mother and father. But anyway, they were half-brothers. But Bob is 14 years older than me. He's actually 80 years old. And since he lost his wife, I felt an honor to have Bob as my brother. I felt a, res- I felt a responsibility to my brother Bob. It's kind of like we rediscovered each other after decades. And, and I told you how I, I tried to get, Bob can't drive anymore, his license taken away from him. So I, I told you how I tried to get Bob to use a smartphone for Uber so that he could no longer, you know, so he could have the Uber. Anyway, and I don't know if you can imagine this, but for a person who has never had a smartphone, for a person who has never had a computer, what it's like, and all those pop-up messages, well, where did this come from? What is it? Every time he gets in the Uber, Uber cab, did my brother call you? <laughs> it was a disaster. Uh, and so we are back to using buses in Los Angeles. That's just fine for Bob to get around. I tried, but anyway. But I, I, I don't call Bob my half-brother. I just call him my brother. And he doesn't call me his half-brother. He just calls me his brother. And I call Bob and, uh, at least once a week to see how he's doing and if there's anything that I can do for him because I feel both the honor and the duty to my brother, Bob. And the duty of a brother is to take care of his brother. And we can see this in the first time that God used the word brother, which was when he spoke to Cain after Cain had murdered his brother, Abel, and God said to Cain in Genesis 4.9, in Genesis 4.9, and the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not, am I my brother's keeper? God did not just ask Cain, where is Abel? But God asked Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And when God called Abel, uh, uh, Abel thy brother, when God, when God said to Cain, Abel thy brother, God was implying that Cain did have a responsibility to Abel, that Cain was his brother's keeper. And we have a special responsibility to our siblings to seek for them to be saved. And if they are saved, to especially seek to encourage them in the Lord. And Cain understood that God viewed Cain as, as, as having a special relationship to Abel. And Cain rejected that responsibility when Cain replied, am I my brother's keeper? But when he said that word, when Cain said that word, he knew exactly what God was saying because he used a very special Hebrew, Hebrew word, shamar or shomar, shomar as he did, shomar. It means a protector. It means a guard. Cain had a responsibility to Abel to be his protector, to be his guard, because he was his brother. And we see that this responsibility of the brother to be the protector and the guard extends to more than just the literal brother. So don't think because, like me, you know. But anyway, and we see this in the case of Abraham, where Lot was actually his nephew. Lot was his nephew, as it says in Genesis 12.5, Genesis 12.5, and Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot his brother's son. Lot was his brother's son, his nephew. And so when Lot was, but when Lot was later taken captive by these heathen kings, uh, he again is called in, in Genesis 14, 12, Genesis 14, 12, and they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt at Sodom and his goods and departed. 
But when Abram heard that Lot was taken captive, Abraham no longer saw Lot as his brother's son or as his nephew, because then it says in Genesis 14, 14, Genesis 14, 14, and when Abram heard that, heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained men and born in his own house, 318 pursued them unto Dan. The only reason Abraham went after those heathen kings was because Lot was taken captive. And when Abraham heard that Lot was taken captive, Abraham no longer saw Lot as his brother's son, but Abraham now saw Lot as his brother, as his brother. And when Abraham rescued Lot, again, we read in, in Genesis 14, 16, Genesis 14, 16, and he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. So when Abraham rescued Lot, he no longer saw him as Lot, his brother's son, but now he's his brother. Now, Steve just was talking about Brother Eric is gonna be here, and, 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 and that's a good thing, extending the circle of brother. All this is to show that when Abraham saw that his nephew Lot was in trouble, he, that Abraham elevated Lot to the place of brother, and he took on the duty of a brother to rescue Lot. Just as Abraham extended the circle a brother to a nephew that was in trouble. We need to extend the circle of brother to those who are in need. And just as Abraham took on this protecting duty of a brother in need, we need to take on the protecting duty of a brother in need. So this word duty is really important here where it says in, in, in verse five here, perform the duty of a husband's brother unto her. So we see in this law here that, that this was a law of duty. That's the second point. This was a law of duty. Now we see what the protecting brother was to do with the firstborn son that the widow was gonna give birth to with, with him as her new husband. In Deuteronomy 25, 6, verse 6, and it shall be that the firstborn which she beareth shall succeed in the name of his brother which is dead, that his name be not put out of Israel. This was not just all about the husband's brother wanting to build up his own family and name. This was all about, this was all about the husband's brother building up the name of his dead brother. This was all about the husband's brother pouring himself into the life of the child that, that, that he had as a kind of like a surrogate father and spending his time with that child and helping that child to grow and to be a fine person that knew the scriptures, that loved God, that served God, that loved God's people and served God's people. This is what this was all about. This was all about the husband's brother doing with this child what is further commanded in that Deuteronomy 6 passage there after it says, Hear, O Israel, after it says, Love the Lord thy God. Then it says in Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, and by the way, this is the passage that is inside of those mezuzahs that are on the doorposts in the Jewish homes that they're looking for. It's this Deuteronomy 6 passage I'm reading to you. And then Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, 6, 6, it says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. 
For that father, it was to be in his relationship with his son, God, God, and then God. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.